Sports with Katie Nolan is presented by Coors Light, the beer made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's just spend some time in these few seconds where listeners have no idea. Well, we don't have to live here that long. I I think we should let them sit in this moment and really anticipate what's coming next. Hello, Fruity Pebbles. Right? Sure. Mm. Welcome to Sports. The podcast that ends with the question mark starts with the question. I'm Katie Nolan. She's Ashley. Hi. He's Jay. Hey. And this is today's question. Hey, Katie. Uh, my name is Leslie, and I live in Los Angeles. I recently celebrated my fifth anniversary of living here, and I'm probably going to live here for the foreseeable future. Um, thing is, I'm from the East Coast, and I grew up loving all of my teams in New York. Mm. So I was hoping uh, you guys uh, could speak to uh when uh, when can you adopt a second set of teams into your life? Um, obviously, I'm always going to love my, my teams from back home. Um, but, uh, yeah, I love you guys. <laughs> I mean it. Uh, Ashley, those drum rolls uh, have never sounded better. No, 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 no. <gasps> bye, guys. No, 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 no. See, Leslie, I was with you because at, at first she only said hi to me. And I loved that. <clears throat> and then she came back with a vengeance and said, what did she say? That your drum rolls have you've done extra long for leslie gross uh all right the question is she's been living in new uh los angeles sorry for five years she's probably going to be there for the foreseeable future and she wants to know when she can adopt a second set of teams i think the important distinction in your question is important (laughs) the second set it's not you're not saying you're gonna abandon your new york teams right although i think you should there's many arguments to be made that new york teams are the worst uh but you're saying you want a second set of teams. I think um, I think that's okay. The first thing you got to think about is like if you want to go to games and you don't live near, not even remotely near, your old teams, uh, you know, you're going to want to go see teams live. So it's, it's okay to root for local teams. On the other hand, for me, I've been living in New York for quite some time now. Or New Jersey, if we want to get technical. But I live <laughs> in New York, and I, I would never adopt – the local teams here is my team. I think that's because, A, I'm still pretty close to Boston. Yeah. B, I hate New York teams. Mm. Um, so I, I think that's very different. I, I feel like it's I feel like it's okay. The reason I'm hesitant to say that is because I think if it were me in practice, I would still feel dirty doing it. I think it's okay as long as if your second set of teams ever faces off against your, your tread and true teams – you stick with your first set of teams, your actual teams. Right. Do you know um, someone we both know and love, Stephanie Snowden, yes. used to live in Massachusetts and now she lives in L.A. And I saw her tweet like, I think I'm rooting for the Dodgers. And I was. That's weird. Very confused. It's really weird. Like, I don't think that's OK. Not OK at all, Stephanie. Right. What in the world is that about? I don't know. Just some controversial takes. That's Stephanie <laughs> Snowden. Yeah, I think you'd always have to root for your team if they're going against each other, your original team. And, I mean, the good thing about New York and L.A. is, like, you're not going to have a divisional problem. You're not going to choose, like, yeah. a division rival or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think it's all right. I think the problem there is, like, what keeps coming back up in my head is if you're one of those fans who's a very passionate fan, you're always going to kind of feel in the back of your mind like a bandwagon, especially if the team you've been rooting for for the last however many years makes it to, let's say, like the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and they're facing off against yeah. your original team. Which that actually happened to me. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Because I, I went to boarding school in 
New England. And I went to school with Bill Belichick's daughter, Amanda. And mm, so I rooted for the Patriots. Sure. Well, that was why I, I – Yeah, yeah. Oh, whatever. So I rooted for the Patriots. They were my second team. And then when I was in college, I was like, oh, this is my dream. My two teams are playing against each other in the Super Bowl. And then the Patriots beat the Eagles. And I was like, swear word. You can just say, fuck the Patriots. Well, and I can't say that on this podcast. Bleep out when she said Patriots. <laughs> Leave in when she said, fuck. Uh, I've hated them ever since. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. I just think like, I guess in that situation, I'm assuming she's a Giants fan. So in order for her team to face off against her new team in the Super Bowl, it'd have to be the Chargers. I don't think she's picking the Chargers. Ooh, Chargers, uh, Giants. But, but like, yeah, I guess it is a complicated thing. I think, you know, do whatever feels right for you. Um, and don't, uh, it, the most important thing is just be honest about your fandom. Yeah. You never want to be that person that's like, no, I've always loved this team. Like, you can be honest. People are still going to be jerks to you. But look, in L.A., you're going to be surrounded by people who just started liking a team anyway. That's true. As long as you remain faithful to your to your original teams. Because it can be hard in different markets to find the games without spending a bunch of money. Like, especially with the NFL. They really aren't good at the, like, watch any game you want to whenever you want to. Mm-hmm. Unless it's already happened, you can watch that. Thanks. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's kind of the answer. Did we answer it? I think so. As much as we ever do. I think the answer is... No! Do that's you, Leslie. Never the answer. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, the voicemail. If you want to... <laughs> Leave us a voicemail. 860-506-5571. Uh, and we want to hear your questions, so ask them to us on the voice. I don't know. What? Wait, 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 wait. I really like that song. Thank you, Jay, for being supportive today in the podcast. Uh, look, guys, we've realized we've been wildly inconsistent about when we talk about sports and mm. when we don't. There was one week where we were like, every sport. And then the next week with Mina Kimes, I realized afterwards we didn't talk about sports once. So in order to bring some consistency into our lives, here's what I think we're going to do. We're going to always spend the first half of the show talking about sports. And then the second half, we're going to play a game. Um, Don't be scared by that because it's still us. We're not going to talk about sports in a way that (laughs) most people do. We're going to talk about them in our way. But today we're going to set the bar at six. We're going to do six sports stories. We got this. Believe in us. So we're going to talk about two-point conversions. We're going to talk about the Raiders. We're going to talk about number one QB, Chad Kelly, and other stories. Uh, and then later, we're going to play a new game that Jay made up that he swears is going to be fun. He did swear. Which is about tweets. It will be fun. But there he is again, swearing that it's going <laughs> to be it's going to be fun. So before we dive in, this week's show is brought to you by SeatGeek, which means someone out there is going to tell you about SeatGeek. Ashley, who is it? Uh, I overheard you and my husband, Steve... Talking about Aqua Teen Hunger Force, she says with hesitation. I've never seen, and someone named what Miss Meatwad. Miss Meatwad. No, I thought I, it, I thought we... his name was Mister Meatwad. <laughs> I don't think that it is. You know what? I'm just being respectful, right? Of course, please of course. respect Mister Meatwad. So you heard, you overheard me and Mister Brayband Mr. talking Brayband. about Mister Meatwad. Yep. Oh God, sounds weird. Pretty gross. Okay, <laughs> just Meatwad then. Yep. You, you, it sounded like funny, yeah, and I want to hear you do an ad read like that. Wad of meat, please. Ew. Okay, <laughs> here goes. That'll take us a lot to be right too hard. But how do the sats that all have very <laughs> good start? <laughs> I tried to have like a French accent in there. The hundred sats that all have very levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. That's why you should do a secret. 
SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place, so you can easily find seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. While the sports on TV is cool, but being there in person is cooler. But SeatGeek helps get you closer to the action. <laughs> for a great value. For what? A great value. Oh, great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. They grade every ticket based on value. <laughs> value every time you say value. Value. <laughs> value. <laughs> to help you immediately identify the best seats to fit your budget. On other sides, only way you know if a seat is a good one is if it's expensive. A seat that's graded system. <laughs> you can buy a seat that's really good and go for much cheaper than it should be. Wow. <laughs> Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. <laughs> confidence. I'm very confident about this purchase. <coughs> Halfway through. <laughs> I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I actually just use SeatGeek to look for tickets for my parents to the World Series. Oh, that's nice. Maybe I'll buy them. Maybe I won't. <laughs> but I'll see you I can see if there was a great deal out there. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and a promo code NERLIN to do it. Promo code what? That's promo code NERLIN. <laughs> NERLIN. $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. I'm a water meat. <laughs> At SeatGeek Life's an event, we have the tickets. Can you say value one more time? Value. <laughs> Based on value. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. I don't know why. I don't know if that was good or not, but it was fun for me. Me neither. <laughs> Heard that a lot. <coughs> oh, I said that when she was drinking water. <laughs> now it's all over the table. It's almost harder to do it while reading. It's easy to do it if you're not reading, because the focus is on the voice. But if I'm reading it out, then it's a lot harder and I get really bogged down oh. in it. Just memorize it. Oh, okay. I'll do that next time. Okay, Ash, you ready for the sports? Yeah, we're gonna, girl. We're going to talk about the sport. Okay. First up, first story, uh, the Red Sox are two games up, two games to none in the World Series. Why'd you say it like that? I just wanted to, I'm trying to be impartial. Oh, okay. That, didn't know if anybody knew. I, I think most of us knew. We're recording this on Thursday, so game two has happened. Red Sox won it. Obviously, game one has happened. It comes before game two. It does. And they also won that. Yeah. So, that's cool. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> I don't want to lose you guys. And nobody wants to hear a Red Sox fan talk about the World Series. Nope. But it felt really weird for me to not have ever mentioned how excited I am about the World Series. Yeah. So, um, uh, they're winning. You're also very nervous about jinxing it. Like when we're in meetings and stuff, you won't, <laughs> won't ever talk we about it. We didn't have a show this week. And we did uh, jokes to just put on the internet. And one of the setups for the jokes was like, we're not on again until Halloween, so congrats to the New York Giants on their double-digit loss to Washington. And then somebody had written, congrats to the Red Sox on winning the World Series. And I even just now saying it, like, I, I, you don't do that. Mm. You don't do that. Anything could happen. They're going to L.A., so anything could happen. I'm glad we won the two at home, and we'll see what occurs. I feel good. I feel excited and happy. But nobody... Wants to hear about that. Did you get a free taco? I didn't. Mm. Taco Bell out here is harder to locate. In 
New York, New Jersey area? Well, just like in New Jersey, I'm not huh. walking to a Taco Bell and I don't have a car. When I rent a car to go to Bristol, here's the thing I shouldn't admit, I go to Taco Bell like twice a day. A day. I, I go to Taco Bell a lot. Yeah. Um, but when you don't have a car. Good news, guys. What? Uh, there's still time because the free taco is on November 1st. Oh, wow. They give you a lot of We got We got time, time. to plan it. Yeah, we'll put it in the lot, calendar. A lot of time. What happens if another base is stolen? Do they just give you two free tacos on the first, or is it a free taco on the first, a free taco on the second? And how do they know if you've got your free taco already? Great question. You think you got to give them your social. <laughs> Seems like the only way. Cool. So that's one sports story down. <laughs> Check. That's, that's it. Uh, Ashley, why don't you hit us with a transition into our next sports story? Speaking of other Los Angeles sports teams. Great. Thank Strong. You. I thought so. Next story, Lakers-Rockets game. Uh, Rondo and Chris Paul and Brandon Ingram uh, threw punches at each other Mm. after an on-court argument broke out. Uh, Obviously, Rondo suspended for three games, Chris Paul for two, Brandon Ingram for four. Uh, But obviously, everyone's mostly talking about the Rondo-Chris Paul thing. That's where it originated. Brandon Ingram just ran in and threw a punch. He did. Love that. (laughs) Love that. Uh, So Chris Paul said that Rondo spit on him. There's slow-mo footage that we've all watched endlessly and it's it's not definitive i don't think <laughs> uh you can you can see the spit mm-hmm. but you can't really see this it's not like ooh, there's the loogie that was hawked you see maybe a little bit of spray but you could debate either way but what you do see in the video that i would argue is you see chris paul retract his face as if he's just been spit on right and I think that would take a lot of foresight to be like, I'm going to retract as if I was spit on and then lie and say he was spit. So I think what's happening here is like maybe Rondo spit. Maybe he's a spit while talking kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And Chris Paul, who has every right to take offense to being spit on, read that as an increasing of the aggression. Yeah. An escalation, if you will. Mm, I will. Um, and so I think everyone's pretty much being honest. But, you know, some people just spit a lot when they talk. Especially when you're that close. Especially when you're up in each other's faces. And I don't know. It's an interesting uh, angle. Obviously, Rondo has since said on Tuesday, he said to the press that Chris Paul has a nice guy image, but he's a horrible teammate. He said, of course, the NBA went with his side because I got three games. He got two. Everyone wants to believe Chris Paul is a good guy. They don't know. He's a horrible teammate. Mm. They don't know how he treats people. Look at what he did last year when he was in L.A. trying to get to the Clippers locker room. So here's my issue with that. Mm -hmm. I would argue that that shows that he's a great teammate. Oh, the clandestine backdoor. Yeah, so the Rockets and the Clippers had a game, and then after the game, a bunch of the players went to the Clippers locker room through that secret hallway to basically be like, let's fight. And as we all know, Austin Rivers called the cops. Uh, (laughs) That's a fact. Um, But that doesn't mean he's a bad teammate. That means he's like ride or die for his team. Yeah. I don't understand how that's possibly that's a weird reference as, to use as proof that he's a bad teammate. When Rondo said that, I kind of had to analyze my opinion on Chris Paul and why I thought he was a good guy. I was like, "Oh, he can't be a bad teammate. He has a lot of assists." <laughs> and I decided that, that that's why I thought he was a good person because he he has a lot of assists, does his job. Yeah, he passes the ball. Right, that Carmelo, that Carmelo, Anthony, right, yeah. Yeah, I could see if people are like, oh, Carmelo's a bad teammate. But I mean, there's different types of bad teammate. There's like the guy who makes it all about himself and doesn't share. But then there's also like in the locker room, this guy is like, 
I gave you the ball. It doesn't mean I, I want to be your friend. It just means I, I, I'm very good at assists. But he was voted to be the leader of the NBA PA. NBPA. NBP Basketball NBPA. Players. NBP. The Joel NBPA. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. This is the musical episode of Wow. Yeah, he was. And I think, you so know. So it can't be that bad. I just think, I don't know if he's a good teammate. I'll be honest. I've never played on a team with Chris Paul. What? Yeah. How I are know. you even qualified to talk about this? Never played the game with Chris Paul. <laughs> a new a new thing you can criticize me for. But I, I just think that Rondo's got to work on finding better examples to prove his arguments. Yeah. Because saying he's a bad teammate because he wanted to f- some people up for his teammates, not a great argument. Also, don't spit on people. Have you ever been spit on on uh, purpose? No. Have you? Yeah. Ooh. A man spit on me outside of a bar in Southie. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. That, thank you. I, I too, am sorry. I'm also sorry that I reacted the way I did, which was looking for a cop because I wanted to get him in trouble. <laughs> it wasn't my like most shining moment. I yeah. think objectively we can all agree that that's something somebody should get in trouble for. But if there isn't immediately a cop present, you don't need to go, I need a cop! Like that, don't be that person. Oh, this, uh, but this was years, years ago, many, many, many years ago, uh, and so I didn't, I didn't handle it as well as I could. We've learned our lessons and we've moved on. Okay, great, Ashley. We've got two stories down. Wow, hit us with a transition. Speaking of bodily fluids on your face, wow, Ashley, it, it applies. But for these, let's just spend some time in these few seconds where <laughs> listeners have no idea. Well, we don't have to live here that long. I, I think we should let them sit in this moment and really anticipate what's coming next. You Catherine did this. You did this. Beth. The Raiders. <laughs> Ashley had said, speaking of bodily fluids on your face, Derek Carr. There's, this con- there's a lot going on with the Raiders right now. I mean, they traded Amari Cooper, obviously. Earlier, they traded Cleo Mack. People are saying John Gruden is losing the locker room because he keeps trading the locker room away. Mm. <laughs> and then recently, the week this week, this, there was a story that uh, Derek Carr no longer has command of the team because his teammates saw him cry after he went down with an injury. It was tears, guys. Tears was the fluid. Oh! Yeah. Crying. <laughs> I was like, when are we going to get to that part? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's this really stupid story. Um, it was... I don't mean that the person who reported it was stupid. I just mean this narrative really bothers me. But so Marcus Thompson in an article for The Athletic said that uh, Raiders headquarters is not the best base for Carr. The belief in him has deteriorated, perhaps to irreparable levels. I'm quoting, obviously, team sources describe a fractured relationship between Carr and his teammates, mostly because confidence in him has waned. And it certainly didn't help when film showed what looked like him crying after being sacked and injuring his arm. They saw his face. They heard his whimper. They witnessed him explain on the sidelines. They assuredly watched it again in film session. It's hard to see how Carr can lead this team again. Because his arm hurt. Yeah. So my original thought on this was like this weird narrative about how hyper masculinity in sports. And it's like you should be allowed to cry, especially when you're physically injured. I thought about Luke Keekley when they took him off the field that time and he was crying. And then I listened to uh, Chris Carter and Nick Wright talked about this on First Things First. Uh, and and obviously, Chris Carter has been in locker rooms, mm-hmm. played the game. Yep. And his take on it was basically people who we've seen crying before, you get the sense their tears were like, you know, when they're being carted off, their tears weren't about pain. It was about 
disappointment that my season's over or this could all be over for me or like I'm I'm frustrated I can't get back out there. Mm-hmm. And with Carr, it appeared that he was crying from the pain of hurting his shoulder. Uh, he also argued that in the moment as an athlete, a weird thing that happens when you get hurt like that, you don't really feel the pain until later. And that's a thing medically I've heard, like when you're in shock and you don't notice that like, oh, the bone is sticking through my skin or something. I don't know. Um, so he's his argument is that if you're crying from an injury, you're showing weakness and showing weakness and blah, blah, blah. I'm still not really sure where I net out. I think that if you hurt yourself, you should be able to cry. Derek Carr took to Twitter and basically refuted that he ever cried. And I <laughs> wish that his re- like refutation had been like, hey. It hurt. Yeah. Your body reacts how your body reacts, whether it's going into shock and not crying or not going into shock and crying. You can't really hold that against somebody. But instead it was, I didn't cry. I don't cry. Like, well, <laughs> I never cried in my never, life. I don't know. What is a tear? <laughs> I feel like Chris Carter's point, if you're a quarterback who injures your shoulder, you could immediately be upset at the prospect of being like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, this is my career. I can't come back. Mm. Like, it could be equally from the pain as it is from the emotional side of it. I mean, he is coming back. He's fine. Well, yeah. But, but you don't know time, that in the moment. Sure. Right. Uh, hmm. I also think if you're a guy who's been struggling on a team that's been struggling and you feel like a lot of it is on your shoulders, sorry, mm. no pun intended, yeah. it could be really stressful when you feel like you're not living up to this already high bar that you have set that you're like this is all on me and then you get hurt and you're like oh my god like it's just just don't shame people for the way they react to things that happen in their life is how i feel yeah by the way it's 2018 everybody can cry well gotta be okay i like that very woke thank you i do think though one of the things chris carter said that was interesting was that he was like actually i don't know if he said this or if i This was an opinion I formed afterwards. That happens sometimes. But like if people were already out on car, if people already felt like he wasn't doing a good job of leading the team, if he was doing poorly. And I remember there was a game a couple weeks ago where he had completed like 100 percent of his passes. So (laughs) it is weird to think that there's this narrative now. Is he good enough to do it all himself? Probably not. But it's like the guy's not bad. He's just not really in a great situation. Um, If they were already out on him. You could see potentially this being the straw that breaks the proverbial camel's back. Mm. Um, but I just would still argue, like, guys, let's stop doing this thing where it's like, if you cry, you're not. You're not a man. You're not a man. It's like, well, okay, if you feel that way, but it's pretty stupid. So <laughs> who's going to be your quarterback if it's not Derek Carr? That's a great question. Good follow-up question, mm. Katie Nolan. Like, what if it's not Derek Carr, what, what? it's not like you guys get to go, we want Tom Brady. Can we have Tom Brady? Yeah. Like, you know There's who probably re- cries? Tom Brady. Let's oh. his kids kiss him on the mouth. He's totally okay. He's with that. very sensitive. Yeah, I believe the answer is AJ McCarron. Oh, the literal <laughs> answer is oh. AJ McCarron. Thanks, yeah. Jay. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate that. Not a, a, not a great option. Not not a crier though. No, famously not. <laughs> Who cares if he can throw the ball? Doesn't cry. Does not cry. That's all that matters to me. What I need in a QB is availability and inability to cry. So let's start AJ McCarron. Driest tear ducts around. Just a desert on his face. Ashley, mm. that's three stories. And I, dare I say, we're crushing it. Like, <laughs> knocking it out of the park right yeah. now. Uh-huh. So go ahead and hit us with a transition. <clears throat> I uh, didn't, didn't prep this one. What were we just talking about? We were just talking about crying, obviously. Yep. Speaking of uh, decisions that make you less of a man. Wow. I don't think no? you feel Undo? good. But let's try I a different don't. one. The speaking of decisions you should have left in the desert... 
What? Someone said desert a couple months ago. I did. Ago. Yeah, the desert. Nope. No. No. Uh, speaking of two-point conversions. We weren't. <laughs> this is... Speaking of teams that were in, that are in some trouble. Speaking of teams that are not doing well. Cool. That's fine with me. I'm going to go with that one because we don't football. have a lot of time. <laughs> Speaking of football. Uh, so, okay, let's. this is kind of a, a bunch of stories in one, but let's start here. Last Sunday, Mike Vrabel and the Titans went for a two-point conversion when they were down one point with 30 seconds left, and they lost the game. Uh, because they didn't get the two-point conversion. I think people can do that math, but I might as well say it. Happened again uh, in prime time. When Pat Shermer and the Giants went for two against the Falcons on Monday Night Football, they were down by eight. I mean, they were down by 14. They scored a touchdown, so they're down by eight, and they went for two with less than five minutes left in the game. Mm -hmm. Initial reaction from everyone and from the broadcast team was, that was stupid. Analytics people came out and said, actually, it's the right move to make in that situation if you're looking at it from a math standpoint and probability. We're not going to break that down. I know you got a perfect score in your math SATs, but I just don't find that to be interesting, good audio. What's interesting to me is just the concept of advanced analytics in general, right? Because you find most people are either super pro or super anti. There are people that like, get your stats out of my sports. I think that's what David Fisdale was talking about when he did the, um, didn't you say a, a nerd's, there's a quote, I'll think of it later. <laughs> But people are either like, I don't use those, or they're like, this is the way to coach. Right. And I think I can see both sides. Don't make me got to hear both sides. I'm just going to explain why I can see both sides. Right. Like, I think it, it, it is smart in a way to remove your emotions from things and follow a formula. And I say that because I've literally never done that in my life. <laughs> and I would love to be able to, instead of overthinking and, and racking my brain about every single decision, to go, let me check the book. It says I'm supposed to do X or Y. And then, boom, decision made and make the best of it. Um, but I, I also do think, I think it works better in a sport like baseball, right? Where you're using the advanced analytics and the numbers for a number of different things. But, you know, one of the things they use it for is when they're going to put a shift on, right? When they're going to move fielders to a different spot in the field based on, well, this guy only hits to the left side of the field 10% of the time. So mathematically, we want to set everyone up for the best possibility to succeed. Mm-hmm. And we're sacrificing that 10% of the field, assuming he's not going to hit the ball there. And if he does, well, it's going to be a hit. But at least we're, for the majority of his hits, we are now fielding in a way that will set us up for success. Yeah. The difference between baseball and football is that when that ball's hit in baseball, only a couple people ever really are involved in the play. You've got one, two, three, four guys that they got the ball. They either have to hit a cutoff man and they have to throw it to somebody covering a base. There isn't, it's not the entire team has to execute in that situation. In football, you're using these numbers to dictate what you should do. Okay, we should go for two. When you go for two, all 11 of your guys on the field have to execute the play that you're going to call. You also have to call a play. It doesn't tell you what play to call, it just tells you to make it a two point conversion. And. All 11 of those guys, you can't draw a penalty. You can't. There's just so much more at play at more stake. Yeah. yeah. And the biggest one being that you have to call a play. And your team has to do it. So for me, with the Titans, uh, that was their seventh attempt at going for two. And all seven have not worked. <laughs> and all seven have been pass plays. So the Titans have Dion Lewis. In that game, 
He had put up a, like 150-something yards on the Chargers so far to that point. And then they threw the ball for the two-point conversion. So if they're going with stats, I would imagine there are stats that say if you have a running back who's put up over 150 yards, you're going for a two-point conversion, run the ball. The stats say run the ball there. Why wouldn't like, do they factor in the 0 for 7 so far, 0 for 6, whatever they were before? It does feel like they're being selective with the with what the math stats, they right. use. Like, if you're going to go math, you've got to go all in on the math. Completely. I agree. Also, in terms of the Giants, their offense has been doo-doo paper all season. They are not doing well offensively. So, sure, the math says, in a situation, go for two here. Mm-hmm. But your team's bad. You know that. That's like maybe if the math said kick the extra point, you're like, well, our kicker's hurt. We're going to go for two. Right. You have to override the math. If all you needed to coach was a spreadsheet that tells you what to do in any given situation, anyone could coach. So it is weird to think that the argument for going for two in that situation for the Giants is follow the math. Well, then why do we need a coach? What it makes a good coach is when your instincts or your emotions have the ability to override what the smart thing is and know what's smart for your exact situation. Mm-hmm. So I know an argument could be made that going for two is cool. And also, I like when they go for two. I think it's more interesting. But it just seemed really stupid in that situation uh, to me. Like, the Giants would have been lucky to take that game to overtime. So when they went for two and they were down eight, it was play for the win in regulation as opposed to playing for overtime. And to me, it just feels like play for points. Get the points <laughs> whenever there are points presented to you, take them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that that was a good call. Again, I don't know shit about shit, but that's just what I, that's my read on the situation. Those are your instincts. Yeah. They didn't win. I don't know if anyone needed that update. They did not win that game. Speaking of other people. Ashley, why don't, that's, that's four sports stories. Why don't you go ahead and hit us with a transition? Speaking of other non-winners, also known as losers. Yesterday, Chad Kelly Woo! got caught from the Broncos after a very interesting incident. Uh, apparently, Monday night, the... Broncos had a Halloween party at Von Miller's house. Players only. Okay. Naturally. Players only. I doubt it was players only. Well, I think like, You think they had a party with no women? No, 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 no. I think it was like players and their guests. Yeah. But don't call it players only. But not like there were no like Oh, the staff. coach didn't get invited. Oh, crazy to think that maybe they wouldn't invite the coaches to their party. Well, we know the cheerleaders weren't allowed to go. So <laughs> Yeah, just legally not allowed to hang out with players. Um, so anyway, they had a party at Von Miller's. I guess it was at his house. I don't really know. Who cares? Uh, and turns out Chad Kelly acted like an asshole that whole party. What? <laughs> he was just a jerk, which totally out of character for Chad Kelly. Even if you know zero things about Chad Kelly, first of all, I'm jealous. Second of all, if you just heard his name was Chad Kelly, you're like, guy sounds kind of like a dick. And you're right. He does. Sometimes you can judge a book by its cover. <laughs> Chad Kelly's listening. He's like, what's a book? Um, so he acted like a jerk at this party. Then he left. And then he got arrested. Apparently, he went into a stranger's home and, like, sat on the couch. Uh, the This was at 1.16 a.m. local time, so that's Tuesday morning, technically. And somebody called the cops and said an unknown male had entered the residence, uninvited, sat down on the couch next to her, mumbling incoherently. That doesn't sound like Chad Kelly. That's terrifying. 
Uh, that male was later identified as Kelly, and he left the house after one of the residents hit him with an aluminum vacuum tube. <laughs> now, we originally had confusion about what a vacuum tube was, because that, whether I'm right or wrong, does sound like a part that goes in cars and stuff. You know when someone explains, like, oh, we got to replace the vacuum tube, and you... Me, a simple-minded human, goes, vacuum, like what you use to clean the house? So whenever I see the word vacuum, I, I like to think that it's not that. But this time it was. It is, it is literally the, the metal part that goes into the plastic parts of, the, of a vacuum. <laughs> I've vacuumed before. Yeah, it sounds like it. So he got hit with that. Ouch. And left. And got arrested outside by his car. <laughs> and then got cut. Got cut. From the Broncos. Yeah, because that's why they should have cut him. Right, right, right. Obviously, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I don't think enough people talk about Chad Kelly's rap song. And anytime Chad Kelly's in the news, which is rare, Mm -hmm. I like to bring up that Chad Kelly has a rap song. How did it go? Number one QB, Chad (laughs) Kelly. It's the only part I remember. Every time somebody (laughs) says anything, he punctuates it with swag, 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 swag. Swag, swag, swag. But it's never to a rhythm, which I think is the point of a rap song. You've got to have a little bit of rhythm. And he was just like, swag, 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 swag. Number one QB, swag. Yes! Please play it. Number 12, swag, under armor. All American, swag, 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 Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly. Can't see me. Chad Kelly. Do you still know all the words? No. Watch how what touched down. <laughs> Swag. Uh, I saw a tweet that Chad Kelly has now been kicked off or suspended from his high school football team, mm-hmm. his college team, yep. and an NFL team. Yep. He was never kicked off or suspended from his JUCO team? That's a good question. I didn't follow up on yeah. the, the person who tweeted it. I should just know that, but the, I've only have room for so much Chad Kelly information mm-hmm. in my brain, and Swag. I've devoted yep. it to lyrics to his rap song. <laughs> Thank goodness for that, though. Under Armour, All-American. Swag. <laughs> the beat is actually pretty catchy. It's not bad, but he had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Not as good of a beat as that vacuum tube he, like, gave him. He definitely googled like good rap instrumentals, and then like, <laughs> no, I think somebody it. worked on it with him. Oh, okay, and that person may or may not have, you know, they probably have a SoundCloud. We'll mm-hmm. link to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's five sports stories. That's five. We said six. So Ashley, hit him with a transition. Speaking of really bad forays into musical things, swag, swag. All right, this isn't. Uh, this isn't really a sport. It's a sports media story, but it counts. Okay. Because I say so. All right. And your transition is a great one, but might not be relevant right away. I'll just say it's a Jim Dolan related and obviously lead singer JD in the straight shot. So it's kind of a bit of a local story because it's happening in New York and I don't want to have this East Coast bias. The reason we I want to talk about this is because this story really does scare me and I don't think anyone's really talking about it or else I just haven't noticed. Either way. We're going to talk about it. So this summer, Maggie Gray, um, who has a radio show on WFAN, she had the one that Francesa left and then Francesa came back and they moved their time slot, whatever. She speaks on the radio at WFAN. James Dolan, don't know if you saw this, uh, came out with a song called I Should Have Known. And it's about 
his longtime friend, Harvey Weinstein. Mm. We saw this video in the office and were baffled by it. I remember the day. I remember what I was wearing. I remember where I was when I heard about this. He went on like a Fox morning show and debuted this song and was interviewed before he played it and said what I think in his head was like, yeah, I'm going to chime into the Me Too conversation and it's going to be smart. I think that he was wrong. <laughs> uh, and he basically said it, it's about people. I don't know if he like specifically said Harvey Weinstein. I know the people interviewing him did. And he was like, you know, it's I should have you got to monitor your friend's behavior and if you should stand up and say something if they're doing something bad brilliant james dolan thank you uh the song just as good as the take uh it is it is something i would recommend you watch it but i like you so um (laughs) just go into it knowing that if you listen to it anyway it was bad it was stupid so uh maggie gray ranted about that on wfan she Said some things that maybe she shouldn't have. Um, I have learned. This is a lesson taught to me by Eric Rideholm that I, I'm going to hopefully learn, but I didn't before. That's why he was teaching me this lesson. If you're going to criticize someone, criticize their actions, not them as a person. Mm. So, like, you're a piece of trash or he acted like a piece of trash. That makes sense. It's different. Right. It separates an actual indictment of the person and instead in, is an indictment of their actions. Little things. Uh, Maggie Gray did not do that. She talked about him as a person. She compared it to the Isaiah Thomas thing and say you let him do what he did and then you brought him back and you're the human embodiment of an online troll. Uh, She says at one point I might never get back into the garden even with a press pass after this and I don't care. I don't want to go to this building. He's disgusting. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think if Maggie Gray had been given the option to redo that with not being worked up. She probably would have changed some words. I also think she has every right to be frustrated by what he did. And it's her job to give her opinion on these things. Mm -hmm. And she knew what she was risking. And she thought what she was risking was her ability to go and have a press pass and be granted credentials to go to a game. What actually happened uh, a few weeks ago or like a week and a half ago, Maggie Gray randomly, what appeared to be randomly came on WFAN and apologized for what she said. Um, basically saying, like, I'm, I'm disappointed. I shouldn't have said that. I would hope you'd all take in context what I said, but I said some things I shouldn't have said. People were like, why is she doing that? Then, uh, hold on, I'm just making sure I didn't skip anything. Then, this week, James Dolan's MSG has ordered all of its businesses across the country to shut down working with Entercom and banned Knicks and Rangers players, as well as MSG broadcasters and personnel, from ever appearing on the station, according to officials involved in the decision. What they told the Post, an MSG spokesperson said, Entercom aired a hate-filled rant directed towards MSG, its employees, and its executive chairman in August of this year. They chose to take no action to remedy this until the start of this season. Only after learning they would not receive special access to players and coaches did they elect to offer an insincere half-hearted apology. We wish them no ill will. However, we decline to carry on a business relationship. We will continue to afford Entercom league-mandated access only. First of all, I don't think it was a hate-filled rant towards MSG. No. Or towards its employees. It was towards its executive chairman. And if you're going to... I almost just said, pull your dick out. Not a great uh, example. <laughs> if you're going to flex on somebody mm-hmm. and say, you're going to say that about me, can't come to my things anymore. At least 
have the courage to admit that's it's you. It's not about insulting the employees or your organization. You're upset because they said mean things about you, James Dolan. And I guess you've got every right to do that. But let's not soften it. Just be honest. Mm-hmm. That scares me for a number of reasons. Number one, which I've said this before, media companies that cover sports have a very complicated relationship with the leagues and the teams that they cover because they're seen as the ones who hold those organizations and people in check. And they're also seen as like they need to have access to those organizations and teams in order to cover them properly or in a way that gets listeners to listen. Like if you have a sports show with no access, you may be amazing at your job, but people are still going to tune in to hear that interview with Right. Joel Embiid. But if you can't get Joel Embiid, whether because you're not big enough or you've been banned from getting a player on your show, it's just going to affect your ability to do your job. And so what happens a lot of times is media companies get really soft about allowing you to speak your opinion and criticize people and things associated with the sports they want access to. I don't know. I just think that uh, scares me. I think Maggie and she'll admit this. Could have done it differently. Mm -hmm. But I also think like the way I saw this headline and the little conversation I saw around it was people being like, oh, he showed them instead of being like, what? Yeah. An opinionist gave their opinion and now the entire radio station can't work with the that is petty on a whole nother level. Uh, Those actions are petty on a whole (laughs) that is acting in a very petty way. Yeah. On a whole nother level. That's terrifying. It's scary. As do you think that makes you feel more hesitant to share your opinion? Well, other things that uh, in my life have made me more mindful of when I'm going to say something and how to say it. I'm still learning that lesson, as you can see, mm-hmm. uh, because sometimes, you know, you just want to talk the way you talk to your friends. Yeah. And one of the criticisms people have of the media is like they don't talk like us. They're afraid to say what they think. And it's like, well, it's not really afraid. It's like we don't you don't want to cost yourself access. And you also don't want to cost your company access. Like I feel very badly for Maggie Gray that she made what she felt was a calculated decision and knew she might risk something for herself. Right. But now if you work at that company, how many people you think are like pissed at her Because of that, now they've lost access and that's not really who they should be mad at is like MSG for making such a a blanket decision based off of something that happened. It's also crazy that she apologized and they were like, not good enough. (laughs) I don't know. I just think it, it, it obviously in this job and in the current social climate, you have to think through things before you say them more so than you ever did. Like, you need to think through the repercussions and how it could be misconstrued and who's going to write an entire article based off a tweet you sent. But this is like, she went to her job and talked about her job. And I just, I don't, I can't foresee a media, a, a team entity or a team owner banning someone for criticizing a player like that. Oh, that's interesting. Like, protecting their players. Yeah. And being like, yeah. oh, you can't say that about our player. You can't ever come here again. If they were at least you know, consistent across the board and did things like that, that would also be bad. But it's like, who are we looking out for? The really rich and powerful owner of a bunch of teams? It just doesn't, I don't know what the answer is. I just know when I saw that story, I was like, yikes. Can you imagine? Just feels icky. And so I'm going to talk less. 
forever. <laughs> no, this is a safe space. You can say what you want here. Yeah. Well, famous last words. <laughs> okay, that's it. We did six stories. We did so right? many stories. So we're done. Uh, I w- can we do a bonus one? Seven stories! <laughs> well, this, I mean, this is a Let's story. Let's check with Jay before you... Jay, can we do seven? I'll allow it. Oh, wow. This is huge. Guys, seven stories. I don't know if I can handle it. You brought a story. I brought a story. Because it, it's something that is very personal to me in a way. Okay. Um, this week on Monday Night Raw, Roman Reigns had to relinquish his universal title because he's taking a leave of absence from the company. He, For anybody who didn't see it, he announced that he was diagnosed with leukemia 11 years ago and it recently came back. Um, He's expected to miss a year or more. And it was kind of, it was a shock to not only everybody in, you know, WWE fans, but like also superstars. Like nobody knew about it. They all found out when he did the promo in the middle of the ring. Wow. Which is kind of crazy to me that, you know, the people that you work with and the people that you're, you know, closest to don't know this huge thing about you. And it it kind of shook me particularly because, Katie, I know you know this, but not a lot of people that I work with do. Um, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer when I was 24. So there are a lot of parallels. I know, obviously, leukemia and thyroid cancer aren't the same, but he was 22 he was able to, you know, get the leukemia into remission right away. And then for the last 11 years has been, you know, fine until now. He's 33. I was 24. I was able to get it, you know, into remission. I had two surgeries. It was out. It was good. I was great. It's been nine years for me. I'm also 33. And it's just kind of like, oh, my gosh, this could come back at any time and it's just like a very scary – my hands are like shaking it's, while I'm trying I'm, to talk about it. It's horrifying. It's just – it's a really scary thing. And I think um, his calling attention to it made me want to talk about it because it can be very isolating for people going through it, even if you're not you know, having an active – if your disease isn't active at that time because you don't – You don't want to talk about it because you don't want people to identify you by that. Define you by it. Yeah, that's the word I was trying to say. But it's also such a big part of what shapes you as a person, like that experience. You also feel this like guilt almost for like the strain that it puts on your friends and family like while – you're going through the recovery aspect. And so it's like, even though you have the support of those people who love you the most, you still feel lonely because you not only are you going through it and it's hard, but you know how hard you're making it on other people. And I just like, it was a really cool thing to see all of the WWE universe kind of come together and support him when he made this announcement, especially because he is so 
famously booed all the time. Yeah, I was going to say at, people character don't like him. That's, right? Well, it's it's a you know he's yes and no. Yeah, like he gets booed everywhere for everything, but he also just recently. I think in August, like overcame John Cena for having the most merch sales. So it's like people buy his stuff. Love to hate him. Exactly. Like he puts butts in seats. He's still the face of the company. Um, But everybody kind of like there was an outpouring of support, not only from fans, but other superstars and everything. And like everyone's thinking about him and like they're supporting him now. But in like six months, naturally, we're all going to kind of forget. And that's when he's going to be like really in it. And this person that we see is so strong is going to be really struggling and physically like weak and have lost the thing that, you know, his identity right. in a way, his whole job, his career. And I just wanted I, I don't know what the purpose of me saying this is, I except like to anybody out there who has something that they are going through or they have gone through like they're are other people who know what you're feeling and sometimes talking about it can be therapeutic. It doesn't feel you don't have to feel like you have to hide it or keep it from people. Um, even if you have to like make adjustments that impact your day to day life, um, people will make fun of you. Like I have things because I also fun fact, I also have lupus. So that's something I have to deal with every day. Like I can't do certain things. I can't be out in the sun for that long. I have to leave work and go to bed early because if I don't get enough rest, like it sets off a flare. It's a whole thing. So like there are a lot of people out there who are going through it. I'm I am glad that he was able to bring attention to it because I think one of one of his goals was to raise awareness and funds for research um, to help, you know, find advances for it. So I just wanted to say that I am thinking not only about him, but all the other people who have this kind of stuff going on in their life. You're not alone. That's all. Love everybody. I'm going to stop talking now. No, don't stop talking. <laughs> I love you. Love you mean it. I also think it's cool that it it, um, it showed, you know, it reminds people, which unfortunately they need to be reminded a lot, that athletes are people. The guy that you're booing, even though I know he's playing a role and this isn't obviously a storyline, this is his real life. Yeah. But like he's a person. Yeah. And it is it is nice to see when people react to the humanity of an athlete with kindness the way you would with a person. Mm-hmm. We don't always treat athletes like people. Yeah. When he came out, he said, my real name is Joe. And it's just like, oh, right. You know, like you're this you're an actual person and yeah. you have a family and you have kids and you've been going through this alone, right. essentially, for all this time. And we need to remember that when we look at not just athletes, but other celebrities like they're people, they're humans. They are. Humans. Let's be nice. Let's be nice to them. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Ash. Of course. It was really probably hard. I got the shakes. It was really good. I don't know. I it don't know why me, I'm shaking, I don't, but I am. Halfway through, I'm like. Should she just have the podcast? <laughs> I know. I I didn't know that story. I really feel very like, oh my gosh. When I when I talk for a long time, I'm usually like, oh God, that was a mess. And yours was really not a mess. And I'm starting to, not to make it about me, but let's make it about me for a second. I'm stressed that. that you're not, that you're better at this than me. And I just wish that. Um, oh, stop. No, uh, that's, I just love you. That's not fun audio. I just love you. I just wanted to say that. Me too. Okay. Jay, um, nobody asked you though. I know. Katie, you know it would bring me a lot of comfort right now? Oh, <laughs> we're still doing the transition. I, I, it feels She's natural. She's still got it. 
There, I think we should do an ad read for uh, for Southern, Southern Comfort. Comfort. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Today's podcast also brought to you by Southern Comfort. Uh, so, Ashley, however you want, I will tell people about Southern Comfort. Uh, let's go with a little droopy dog. Oh, my. <laughs> droopy dog. Droopy dog. <clears throat> okay, here we go. You know what? <laughs> Anyone that's been to New Orleans probably has a pretty good New Orleans story, right? Right. Well, it turns out Southern Comfort has a pretty good NOLA story, too. Does it? You know what? <laughs> Southern Comfort was born in New Orleans. Oh. Born and raised in the most unique city on the planet, where there's a party on every street, food on every corner, (laughs) and music dancing through the air. Is he Southern, or am I combining Foghorn Leghorn with Droopy Dog? Does it matter? No. Continue. Southern Comfort is shaped by soulful vibes and warm New Orleans nights <laughs> and made from their legendary founder's 1874 blend for a smooth drinking, bold tasting, whiskey forward flavor that's as big and easy as the city itself. You know what? What? Every taste is dripping with salt. Soul. Sounds like you said salt. Salt. <laughs> no, it is not. Soul. And blended with more than 140 years of the easy drinking mixed with anything spirit that is New Orleans. <laughs> so you know what? What? Go ahead. Take a big, easy sip and start a new story. Southern Comfort, the spirit of New Orleans. (laughs) My cheek hurts so much. You were pulling it. You got to pull it in order to do it, but it's just a lot of pinching of the cheek. I'm happy. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I think I'm doing Foghorn Leghorn, because he says what, but who cares? Are my cheeks all red now? Just the one you were pulling. Oh, (laughs) boy. Uh, it's time for the game. Woo! All of them start with the doodaloo, and I've realized that's, that's either thing. Okay. Yeah. Doodaloo bow. Whoa. Doodaloo bow. Game. That's kind of great. Doodaloo bow. Getting worse. Okay, Jay. Uh, what? What? You made up a game. What's the name of it? Name that tweet. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Wow. Sorry. Do you want to try it again, Jay? Or are you good to go? <laughs> I'm good to go. Okay, so it's called Name That Tweet. Why don't you go ahead and tell us how it works? Okay, so Name That Tweet is a game in which you're going to be forced to... Um, name a tweet, I bet. Name forced. That, name that tweet. <laughs> Tie you down <laughs> until you name this tweet. Oh, boy. Each time we play this, uh, if we play it again, I'm going to... Yeah, very <laughs> presumptuous is that we're going to play it again. Why don't you say specifically what today's game okay, is? All right, so today I'm going to give you a category so that it's not just like any tweet in the entire universe. Um, but a category of people so that you can sort through those lists of people in your brains to figure out who tweeted it. So you're going to read a tweet. So I'm going to read a tweet. And, and you're going to say this, all the tweets are from I'm going to give you the PD category. Pablo. Yeah. So, so I'm going to read no, a tweet. No, because you have to name the person. So if they oh, that would make PD it easy. Pablo, that would be very Pity easy. Pablo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like this game. <laughs> Does he have a Twitter account? And is he verified? <laughs> who am I? Uh, so 
I'm going to read the tweet. If it's quote tweet, I'll I'll read the quote tweet as well. Wow, that's um, complicated. Can you just tell us what the category is? And uh, you two are going to have to determine who tweeted it. Jay? If you need a hint. Jay, first, before you continue with the rules, <laughs> please tell us what the category is so we can wrap our head around the Today's game. Today's category is going to be football players whose names start with the letter J. And now is that first name or last name? Uh, it is first name. First name starts with J. So you're going to read a tweet. It's going to be from a football player. Whose name started with J? NFL or college or both? Uh, it is Great players who have at least have played in the NFL. Great. So and is the tweet from a certain timeline or it could be any any day? Uh, it could be any time. Okay. I do have the dates. So if you want to ask me for like a hint, if it gets too hard or whatever, I have some hints. So you have some hints. And then I have the dates. Uh, and let's see. I can either give you the dates up front or we can. No, I think. Uh, let's, let's, let's save the try. date. Let's yeah, not. We'll save the date. Save the date. It's the only time I'll ever have that. Uh, and so Ashley and I are working as a team. You're working as a team. I like that. Thank, Thank God. Goodness. I don't. You're very competitive, and I get nervous. Cool. Okay. Are we ready to try it? I think so. All right. Tweet number one. Doodle loop. Well, how do we do Doodle loop bounce. Doodle loop bounce. Something like that. I think it's doodle loop bounce and then game. Game. Doodle loop bounce. Game. Swag. Swag. <laughs> okay. So tweet number one. Jack Kelly. Uh, is... Oh, starts with a J. <laughs> John Kelly. Ooh. All right. Go. Uh, Sorry. Period at Rick. Rose, which oh. is Rick Ross's. Twitter no handle. shit. We know. Live on Sunday like a church tomorrow. What's up? Two question marks, three S's, all caps. What's up? Live on Sunday like a church tomorrow. Live on Sunday? Live, Live on, on Sunday. Sunday like Live, a- L I V, all uppercase. Oh, L I V. Oh, meaning the club. Live. Isn't there per- a club called Live? I have Perhaps, no yes. idea. Perhaps that's what they meant. Live on Sunday like a church. In heat, what did it? What was like it? a church tomorrow? Yep. What's up? Three, What's up? All caps, three S's, two question marks. Okay. Two question marks, and it's a football player's name starts with J. So uh, my first thought was Des Bryant. That's not going to be who it is. No. Uh, Famously, no. <laughs> so where's Rick Ross from? I think he's from Atlanta. I think that seems right. What I do know is that he hustles every day. <laughs> uh. And I let's. How do we feel about like Juju Smith Schuster? That was my first inclination. You're not allowed to look it up. What are you doing? I was going to Google where Rick Ross was from. I felt like that was allowed. I don't think you're allowed to use your phone just because it raises suspicions that you could be be looking anything up. Jay did not say that was in the rules that I couldn't. So new rule. It feels like like one of those common sense rules. Like also while we play this game, don't murder. Uh, Some things you just don't have (laughs) to say. This game sucks. (laughs) (laughs) No axes. Sorry. Uh, I need, Jay, can we get one hint just so we can narrow down? Sure. Would you like the date first or would you want to? I feel like that's not going to help us. Okay. So, just, well, I mean, if it's great. If we get one hint, ago, I don't want Juju. it to be the date okay, is the what I'm hint, saying. The hint is the person who tweeted this tweeted it his senior year while he was at Texas A&M mm. before he was drafted and the year was 2013. So Johnny Mansell. Ah. I w- was the other Jay I was thinking. Duh. Famous partier. Final answer? Obviously Feel Texas good. A&M. Final answer? Yeah. Final answer, Johnny Menzel. What's that mean? That was wait, our Correct. Wait. How do you know? <laughs> you didn't know. You gotta wait. I celebrated early. Would have been a real curveball if he was like, that's what I do when you're wrong. <laughs> okay, so we got the first one. Got Johnny Menzel. Good job, team. All right, good job, guys. All right, tweet number two. The return of Chucky and the Raiders with lots of eyes and two R's, dot, 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 Monday night after dark, ready for some football. Football emoji, two exclamation points. 
Oh, the emoji before the exclamation points. Yes, confirmed. I guess he did. Yeah. Know. Okay. Also, Raiders always has two R's. Like I think two, he meant three R's. Three two R's. next two, to each other at the at end. The, two next to each other. At so the, the return of Chucky, that's obviously about Gruden. So this is obviously from this year. Is it someone on the Raiders, do we think? Or is it somebody talking about how excited they're? Is it somebody playing against the Raiders? Is it someone who used to play in the league and now is, it's going to be Jason Witten? You think? Yeah, because it's Monday Night Football. Ooh. And he, I think he's excited. Ooh, I think that's smart. I think that's really smart. Um, but it also could be really stupid. Should we ask for a hint before we lock it in? Is there a limit on how many hints we get? I don't know. I didn't make the game up, and Jay was very unclear. He was. So right now we have no limit. I say let's take one just in case. Okay, Jay, can we get a hint? Your hint is, I don't think you need a hint. Ooh. It's Jason Witten, final answer. <laughs> ba da da bump like a bad noise. Correct. <laughs> <Okay>. Yay! <laughs> good job. That was good. I, good I was. Job, I was. My the other hint I was going to give you was to read that tweet as dorky as I could. Mm. Mm. Nice. So different here, than so, the way you read it, uh, or it, uh, allegedly. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> oh no, yours was funny. I'm yeah. sorry. I just wanted to cover our asses because he's our coworker. That's okay. Okay. Being a dork is cool. Yeah. Sure. Consider me Miles Davis. <laughs> uh, okay. This next one is. A tweet that is in response to a Buffalo Bills account tweet that read Josh Allen's first snap as a Buffalo Bill. And there was a video of it during training camp. And the tweet in question wrote, that's a pick waiting to happen. Hmm. So like originally you're like, oh, it's going to be Josh Allen. That would be too obvious. But then it's a negative tweet. So now it isn't actually too obvious if Josh Allen tweeted, that's a pick waiting to happen. Right. So maybe it's a defensive player. It could be a defensive player. Also could be another quarterback. Okay. Also could be Jerry Jones. Who knows? He's known to get a little spicy. Mm, played at least one year in the NFL. That's right. That's right. So he well, never played the game. Well, don't tell him that. Uh, all right. So let's think of, you know, this also feels like this is probably news and we should have known it, but we don't and we, it's fine. So the Bills tweeted that, and someone responded with, that's a pick waiting to happen. It's got to be somebody who speaks out of turn and isn't afraid to get a little crazy. What do you got? Who's the defensive guy that talks all the shit and then just got his- Jalen Ramsey. That's probably, that's a really good, it's probably Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> but should we ask for a hint? Because fuck it. Yeah. Jay, can we have a hint? Please? Your hint is, y'all don't need a hint. Yeah! Uh, wait, you're celebrating earlier and earlier every time. Jalen Ramsey, final answer. Bum-bum-bum. <laughs> Correct. Okay. I don't, this is a weird, a weird game. Now that I started it, I can't stop. Yeah, okay. we are crushing. <laughs> I think that is what this game should be called. Now that I started, I can't stop. All right. Tweet number four. Uh, there is... There, okay, so this is another quote tweet. So someone tweeted, I just watched... The name of the person, but I'm going to redact it for the sake of the game. It's walk, really good. Strong. Walk out of a convenience store with $120 worth of Mega Millions tickets. And the tweeter in question then wrote, man, at Le'Veon Bell, I did my best it's for you. Juju. Three I, exclamation points. It's Juju, Juju. Miss No Schuster. luck, though. Juju final It's Juju. Face. It's Juju final Juju on that beat final answer. That one wasn't very good. No, it's great. Ashley's just brilliant. Yeah, we just knew it. It's okay with that one. He tweeted it. I just that made me laugh a lot. It's very, it was very funny. I just knew it. Shout For anyone to... who says we've never played the game, I just want to be clear: we are playing the game right now, and we are crushing it. We're undefeated. <laughs> also, Katie it. is writing one circle check, two yep. circle. So we've check. got four score. check. 
I also wrote down the letter J just to At remind the myself. It's a headline. Just to remember like, <laughs> oh, Des Bryant doesn't start with a J. Don't say it. All okay. Right. Last one. Yeah. Uh, another quote tweet. So the, the tweet that was quoted was, ha ha, he's a hungry beast. Scary when you think about that level of hunger to be back on the field mixed with that level of talent. I emoji, like the two googly eyes. Mm. We texted each other about brands of jeans that fit our quads. Can you stop? Yeah. JJ Watt, final answer. Yeah! Fuck it, Jay! You didn't even let me get to the hashtag. Didn't need to. That's what okay. Was it? Which was hashtag quadzillas. Wow. Ooh. And then JJ had a tweet on top of that. So now my question for you two okay. is, who was the tweeter that oh. I was quote tweeting? The tweeter? I wasn't paying attention. Somebody else who had big quads? Yes. Quadzillas? Did they, did so JJ they, Watt was saying somebody else was a hungry beast. No, somebody said that, to that about, J- JJ. about JJ. He's a hungry beast. He's getting back on the field. Then, sorry, can you read that person's tweet again? Sure. Is this bonus? Because we. It is, it is bonus. Because he's question. upset that and this we one got that one. fall easily. in the category of the game. Oh, so their name can start with any letter. I'll Perfect. just cross off this J here. Yeah, yeah cross the J out. All right. Ha ha. JJ's a hungry beast. Exclamation point. Scary when you think about that level of hunger to be back on the field mixed with that level of talent. Eyes emoji. We texted each other about brands of jeans that fit our quads. Crying emoji, arm strength emoji, uh, face palm emoji, hashtag quadzillas. Yikes. Uh, and then JJ's response? JJ's response was, when you peel back the curtain, you really realize that our texts aren't nearly as glamorous as one might think. Two crying laughing emojis. But when a guy's got to find some jeans, he's got to find some jeans, exclamation point. And then he attached a picture of him helping a grandmother cross the street. Uh <laughs> I believe that was his next I think next that's legally tweet. obligated yeah, that he has yeah. to do that in all of his tweets. Uh, so can I ask a question or do I just ask for a hint? Because I was going to say, is this person a teammate of J.J. Watts? Uh, fair question. And he is not. Yeah, I was going to say no. Okay. So somebody he that texts with J.J. Watt and has big old thighs. Jay, can we have a hint? You may. Y'all don't need no hint. The first <laughs> hint is that the person who tweeted this, it would be a humble brag to say that you were texting with him. Or maybe just a regular brag. Wait, for J.J. Watt to say he was texting with him? Uh, yeah. Hmm. So he's cool. It's really so it's cool. Somebody more famous and cooler than, oh, I'm thinking like Michael B. Jordan. I think it's like a, it's somebody famous, not an athlete. Not is it, athlete Is it an yet. athlete? Uh, it is, it is a former athlete. Ooh. Ooh, it's The Rock. It's for sure The Rock. Final answer. Better than bump. Is that correct? That's correct. Yay! Good job, Ashley. Thanks. That was really good. Thanks. Cool. So we crushed the shit out of your game. <laughs> you you destroyed it. It was a good game, but we did crush it. Good game. I liked that. Name that, that tweet. That was really fun. Name that tweet. We did. Multiple times. I kept score. I a lot we technically of named that athlete. Who sent that tweet. Who said the tweet. You named, named the, the tweet. athlete. You, you, who you sent named the, t- the tweet. You put who, the name Who's that tweet, tweet from? Who who tweet it? Who tweet that? <laughs> who tweeteth? <laughs> who doth tweet? Okay, cool game. Um, Good job, Jay. I think yeah. we'll end the podcast how we usually do with one more voicemail. But before we do that, this podcast also brought to you by Quip. Ay ay ay, Ashley. What do we got? Get to the chopper. No, please. I don't have a good Arnold. I think that's the point. Okay, as long as I can couch this by saying this is going to be painful. Can I record it? Sure. Wow. The truth is most of us are brushing our teeth wrong. <laughs> Not for long enough. And forget to change our brush on time. I cannot do this. 
Well, the chopper. That's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. So what makes Quip so different? Wow, I'm Arnold. For starters, Quip is an electric toothbrush. It's a fraction of the cost. This is so bad. What it if hurts. you flex to get in character? Of bulkier brushes while still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help clean your teeth. Wow, Get to the chopper. It's not a tumor. Quip's built-in tumor. It's not a tumor. It's a timer. Helps you clean for the dentist. The dentist recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. Next. Quip's subscription plans are for your health. Not just convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just five dollars. I'm sounding like what's his face, William, William Wallace. Wallace. Uh, I love it. I hate it. He can jump in too yeah, if you need. Bring him. William Wallace in here, including free shipping worldwide. I don't know which one that's. Wow, 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 quip also comes. With a mount that suctions right to your mirror. <laughs> so much more. And then sticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel. Wherever you take your choppers, get to the choppers! Clean your choppers! And finally, everyone loves Quip. I can't stop. They were on Oprah's O-list, named one of Time's best inventions. And it's the first... Subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the De- American Dental Association. Raw. Just let me, I did. I'm tired. I don't. This is the easiest, most common impersonation that people have, and I have nothing even that resembles it. But you told me to do it, and I have to do what you say. I'm gonna get torn apart. Everybody has an Arnold. I don't. I don't make fun of politicians. <laughs> Plus, they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists. He has never said that sentence. And hundreds of thousands of happy brushes use Quip every day. <laughs> disgusting. Sorry. Somehow more disgusting than this. I have a quip, and I love it. It's rose gold, and it looks cool in my pocket. You do one line. Say, I have a quip, and I love it, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Get to the chopper. That's not. I have a quip, and I I love it. See, you are better at this than me. Why don't you take quips? <laughs> quips starts at just $25, and if you get to... Go to getquip.com slash Nolan right now. You'll get your false refill back free with a Quip electric toothbrush. Nailing it. Get to the chopper. What else does he say? No. Ah. 
That's right. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Nolan. Wow. Spelled. Get it. Get the quip.com slash Nolan. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Nolan. Get to the chopper. So now that no one's left listening, uh, Jay, do we have a second voicemail? Oh, yes, we do. Amazing. Play it. Here it comes. Hi, Katie, Ashley, and Jay. My name is Aaron from D.C. So I recently started dating this girl, and we really bonded because we both listened to your podcast. What? So for our second date, I ended up taking her to go see uh, SmackDown 1000, which was coming to D.C. Within the first five minutes, she leaned over and asked me, she goes, will you be the Ashley Bray band to my Katie Nolan? Oh, my God. Uh, She had never watched wrestling before, never been to one, and really wanted me to teach her the chance, who to cheer for, everything. She got so excited. (laughs) I knew this girl was special from that moment on. Oh, my God. Our next time, we're going this Sunday. She's coming over. I'm going to make her dinner. We're going to watch WWE Evolution together. Oh, my God. And we just really bonded over your podcast. So my question for you guys was, what is your favorite first date question to ask whoever you're taking on your first date? Uh, so thank you for everything. Uh, I think I said my name is Aaron. I think I covered that. So <laughs> shout out to Laura and love you guys. Mean it. Oh, my God. That is really cute. I'm feeling a lot of pressure. <laughs> At the moment, we can't fuck this up for them, Ashley. Oh, gosh. Okay. Hello to Aaron. Hello to Laura. Uh, we hope you are both happy and feeling fulfilled. And still together. And we want you to know we support the two of you, even if you both decide it doesn't work out. But we're rooting for you. Mm-hmm. So hard. Yeah. Uh, love your origin story. <laughs> I don't want to pressure. If this culminates in a in a wedding, mm. I'll be happy to officiate. <gasps> well, Ashley's more responsible. Maybe Ashley officiates, and I'll just be the drunk guest. You can give the the speech. Okay, you'd be great at that. Well, we're just inviting ourselves, but again, no <laughs> pressure. <laughs> Please feel ourselves. free to break up with each other if it's not right. But we, if we're just saying if. Mm-hmm. God, I'm messing this up already. No, that's that you're doing great. So the you're actual question that Aaron asked is what. Is your favorite first date question to ask someone that you're on a first date with? And I want to preface this by saying I think we can all, when we're not actually on a first date, come up with a really good answer to this question. But that all goes out the window the second you're on a first date. Yeah. Like usually you're like, you know what? On first dates, I don't think you should talk about politics. I don't think you should talk about your past relationships. You should never talk about blank. And then you get there and you just are doing whatever you can to feel not uncomfortable. Yeah. First dates are crazy Mm -hmm. because you are most likely... Sending your representative and they're sending theirs. You are not being dead honest with a person. Like, you're just both trying to get through without fucking it up. I don't walk in and I go, look, here's the deal. Here's how I am. Here's what I'm like. Here's my good stuff. Here's my bad stuff. Take it or leave it. Which is the best way to do it because then they're setting the person up. (laughs) I walk in and I'm like, anything you say, I'm laughing at it. I think it's so funny. But really, I'm just uncomfortable and I just want to get out of here without there being an issue. So, to answer your question... Ash, why don't you go? What's the first? What's the thing you like to ask on first dates? Uh, it's been a long time for both of us. Yeah, I I haven't been on a first date in a very long time. I 
it may not have been the first one. It may have been the second one, but I distinctly remember like panicking and saying to Steve, I think he had come over for dinner or something. He was in my apartment, my tiny one bedroom apartment with one bathroom. I was like, uh, what, what do we do if one of us has to poop? You asked that. Yeah. Wow. Because I was, I was panicking. Yeah. You know, sometimes it sneaks up on you and like, you can't. <laughs> the poop or the asking about poop? The both. Okay. But like, you, what do we do? Yeah. I can't just, there's only one person here. I can't disappear for an extended period and then be like, don't go in there for a while. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, and you start by not like, you know, you plan a little bit. You don't make like fettuccine Alfredo. That's one of my favorite things. To I know, eat. but not on that date because what if one of you has to poop? I mean, anyway, in any what case, did he I didn't mean to say it. I right. just kind of, you know, said it and it was awkward and we laughed about it and then it became a running joke and then it was funny because however long later it was like, well, remember that thing we talked about? Take a walk. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and do a lap of the neighborhood? Put the TV on real loud. Yeah. Light a candle. Yeah. Catch in 20. I will say when I went to your house the other day to your apartment, I noticed what I didn't notice before. There's a bathroom in the lobby. That might be nice. Well, now you have two bathrooms too. Oh, but like, and we've been married together for a, for a while, long time. So but that's always matter. one of those cool things where you're like, oh, I've always had that thought when you first stay at a hotel with a boyfriend and you're like, oh, no, it's just <laughs> us and the one bathroom for three days. So you get very familiar with where the bathroom is located in the lobby. Oh, that's interesting. If you're me. You should also do like the immediate flush. Oh, who doesn't do that? I didn't know that. If you don't right do the away. immediate flush, you're just rude. Well, I didn't. I had to learn that. Yeah. I mean, you learn that when you have a shared office space and everybody uses a bathroom. Oh, you do the you do that. It's, it we, this isn't what the question was about. So let's go ahead and, and move. I've never pooped in my life. I, here's the thing: if you I'm can talk about of shit, if you can talk about that's funny. Thanks. If you can talk about pooping, you can talk about anything. That's true. But what if you really like the guy and you talk about pooping and he's like, "Bye." Well, then he's well, not then for fuck you. That guy. Yeah, yeah, he sucks. Um, I think this isn't really a good answer, but I would probably ask him about like the sports teams that they like. I also probably think I would know that before I go. I don't know how yeah, dating works now. Research. I feel like when you go on a dating app, they say like big, you know, Knicks fan. And you know not to take that person on a date. <laughs> but like I usually just end up asking like what's what sports are you into? What do you like? Because it works twofold. You can also tell you, you get to know who their teams are. And then also you can tell if this is a guy that doesn't think that he can talk about sports with you. And that's mm. a huge uh, it's a huge no for me, dog. When a guy's like, oh, well, I like, have you ever heard of the Braves? And I'm like, no, I haven't. I'm a big, dumb, dumb idiot. Let's get the check. You pay for it. Uh, Jay, do you have a question you like to ask on first dates? I feel like I also get nervous. I don't ask Ashley's question. Uh, my likes go to my question. That's your question. You're going down. We're going to put that on your doomstone. <laughs> 700 years from now when you die. Uh, oh, I go into like a shell and my like automatic brain question goes to like, what's your favorite color? Uh, oh, what which, a terrible... Which is the stupidest question. Wait, Buddy yeah. the Elf? <laughs> That's <laughs> probably where I got it from, but... What's no, your but, favorite color? No, but you know what? It actually is a decent icebreaker because people don't expect it. And then they're like, mm. well, it's actually magenta because of X number of reasons. And oh, then you, have, trying then you find hard. yourself in a conversation. Yeah. I know. I'm awkward on first Ooh, dates, What too. if you ask their favorite kind of cheese? Because if they don't like cheese, buy. And then, you know, you can learn a lot about them by their choice. Yeah, or what if you ask them, like, what their childhood was like? I think that seems really like a light lift. Yeah. What do, uh, what's your mom's stuff? Situation? Well, people people used to say, you know, you can tell how a woman, a guy's going to treat a woman by how he treats his mom. So I, it would be a smart, although not going to be greeted with a lot of transparency. If you ask a smart question, to ask would be, what's your relationship with your mom like? They'll see right through it uh, and they're not going to answer it. They're going to say, it's great. I love her. I call her every day. Um, 
So probably stick with cheese. I yeah, think. the cheese or the poop. The thing. cheese or the poop. Let's do the poop thing. How do you feel about poops? Where do you poops? How many poops in a day? How many times have you smoked poop pot in your life? How many pots have you smoked in? How many times have you got to the bathroom in your life? Swag, swag. That's it for this week's edition of sports. Shout out to Sea Geek, Southern Comfort, and Quip Swag. And a big thanks to you guys for listening now and again later the second time and then again later the third time. And then next week, we're going to start talking about that fourth time. That pivotal fourth time when you and your little podcast playing device go to your special place and and revisit the fourth listen of a little podcast called Sports Swag. Swag, 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 swag. Watch how I touch down Chad Kelly. Or... You know, you could always leave us a nice review wherever right. you're listening to this podcast, Swag. By the way, uh, we do read all of those and we love them. Like this one from Dave 3D. Swag. Good for him. He's in 3D. It says, love, period, this, period, podcast, period, Swag. This is the only podcast that I listen to religiously. Katie and Ashley always put a smile on my face every episode. I love this podcast so much that I'm going to hug it and squeeze it and name it George. So thank you for listening to George, Swag. Uh, and lastly, don't forget, you can always leave off a voicemail at 860-506-5571. Swag. Say goodbye, Ashley. Bye. Say goodbye, Jay. Bye. Bye. Love you, Mina. Hey, Mina. Hey, Mina. Simply Safe Home Security is like getting commercial-grade enterprise-level security, but for your own home. Think about the security Fortune 500 companies use. They need to know police are going to be on the scene immediately. This is exactly the kind of security you get with Simply Safe. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. And that means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. With Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard inside. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's all monitored 24/7 by live security professionals. You can set up your system yourself with no tools needed, or Simply Safe's experts can do it for you. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Go to simplysafe.com/nolan today to get free shipping on your order plus a 60-day money back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com/nolan to save on home security today. simplysafe.com/nolan